I think my biggest inspiration was my dad, mm. but in the negative, yeah. not in the positive. I was like, he was the inspiration to not do that, to not make dumb decisions, to not be selfish, to not be short-sighted, to not be prideful. Hello and welcome to the Indie Heroes Journey podcast. This is episode one where I sit down and speak with Chris O'Hara, the writer of Artificial. We explore his journey in comic book making, kind of what brought him here, and everything else that led to the creation of this book, and where he kind of wants to go. And so without further ado, I want you to be able to jump in and listen, so let's get started. Today we're, we're kind of exploring this whole idea of the hero's journey, and obviously for for myself and yourself, that is a concept that we're familiar with as writers, as people who are into kind of fiction, um, yep. maybe to varying extents, because I think it's something that everyone is inherently kind of aware of in kind of the writing community. But mm -hmm. at the same time, um, there's a lot of steps to it. It's a pretty expansive topic and you can dig as deep as you want to into it, or you can kind of just have a surface level thing. And that's why we're kind of using that that idea and extrapolating that across and using that for for what we're talking about today so today we are coming together as comic creators creatives and uh mm -hmm. trying to explore what that journey looks like in our realities in our life outside of the fiction outside of the the stories that we tell and, and put to paper um how is that hero's journey played out in our lives so where we're gonna start? We're gonna we're gonna explore it. We're gonna explore it on a kind of like uh, overarching sort of level, and then we're gonna dig deeper in wherever uh, there is places to dig. Because obviously, we're all at different points on this journey, and yep. we are all figuring it out as we go along. So there's the departure, which is part one. It covers the kind of early stages of the journey. Uh, it covers kind of an exploration of ourselves and our worlds and what kind of inspires us and takes us through. There is the initiation, which is all of the, the nitty-gritty bits. I'd say what makes up a lot of the time 90% of the journey. You know, it's the stuff that mm -hmm. knocks us back and then the things that pick us up and, and everything to do with that. And then there's the return, which is a little more complex. So we'll probably discuss that as we go in towards the end and as, as we get there. So to begin with, with departure, tell us who you are. Uh, my name is Chris O'Hara. I'm an indie comic writer. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of like my current status. I've worn many hats, but uh, right now I'm, I'm dabbling into writing and creating my own comic books. And uh, I'm a father and a husband. So there's those cool things, too. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the simpler answer to who I am currently. But, yeah. Digging deeper into that, because obviously the hero's journey is all about digging deeper into mm -hmm. all of that. You said you've worn many hats. You said right now you're kind of digging in and dabbling with this uh, comic book making kind of game. What yeah. were some of those hats? What did you kind of do before you got into comic books? What is it that kind of, where did you start? Well, I've had many passions. So like I'm, I've had many passions and my, I've kind of always been a creative type. So I don't know about I feel like a lot of people are, are like this when you're when you're a creative type is you kind of can't shut your brain up or off or anything. It's just constantly spinning, constantly thinking of a new idea or a new venture, which is even more annoying because it's like, OK, this might actually be something I can do. Now I have to try it, I guess. 
so there's a lot of things that I've tried in the past. I, I was an indie game developer for a while, and that was a lot of fun. That's kind of my my first passion was probably games. My uh, my dad bought my mom a uh, NES when she was pregnant with me. So dates me a bit. I feel like that doesn't date me that much. But then I'm like, holy crap, I'm 33 years old. I guess it does uh, date me a bit. Uh, but so he bought her an NES when when she was pregnant with me. And I practically popped out of the womb with a controller in my hand. Like that's mm-hmm. just I've been playing video games ever since. So I I've always enjoyed video games. I like the narrative that you can put into a video game that requires input from another person. I was like, that's that's a really cool medium. So that's why that was my first thing that I really wanted to get into is video games, because I, I, I enjoy storytelling. I enjoy entertaining. I enjoy um, anything creative or imaginative. And if I can create something that then you have to experience and not only experience, but have a role in in some way, shape or form, that's I feel like that's as close to magic as we're going to get. And so that's mm-hmm. something I really enjoy. So I, I did that for a while. Didn't really get much traction on it. Unfortunately, I had big dreams, huge dreams. I always have big dreams. Uh, so I didn't get much traction on it, as I'm sure a lot of people are, uh, you know, ex- you have experienced. Um, so then just from there, I've, I've done other creative uh, things like website design and uh, podcast production and just anything I can get my hands on to where I'm doing something creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just what kind of draws me in. And then, um, oddly enough, one of my friends, one of my good high school friends, uh, his name's John Shell. Uh, he's currently working under a moniker of Unity Comics. He just texted the group one day and he's like, hey, I'm making a comic book. That was not something we were expecting from him. No offense, mm-hmm. John. It was just it was just the the last thing we were expecting was, hey, I'm halfway done making a comic book. We're like, okay, cool. You know, expectations were low. Not going to lie. But as he finished it, it's really good. It's called The Last Wand. You can go. I think it's it's currently free on a couple areas. The first one, it's the first issue. But uh, ironically enough, he kind of inspired me to, to get into it because I saw how it's by no means easy, but it's attainable. It's a little more attainable to tell a story and to craft a narrative and to entertain people through comic books than it is like, you know, uh, video, uh, video games or making a TV show or a movie. That's a lot goes into that. A lot goes into comics too, but there, there's a side of it that's just, um, you know, accessible and it, you can see it realize fairly quickly. And then you can watch people read it and react to it. And it's it definitely piqued my interest. So I uh, I was like, I'm on board. I'm going to try it. So that's super interesting because a lot of the things that you're mentioning, I, I can totally resonate with. So obviously for me, I'm, I'm also a, an indie comic creator. Um, I, I've so far been involved in, in producing three comic books and been responsible for entirely writing one of them. And I'm working on a couple more as we go. But with what you said, like you started out where you kind of like pursued like a little bit of this kind of game development because you had um, mm-hmm. you had experience with game consoles as a kid and it was something that you were really passionate about. For me, I, I actually had the same sort of 
journey that was that was one of the <laughs> first things that i did instead of just the kind of games where it was a first person shooter i loved a game that had a story to it and i was like yeah. that's super interesting like something like ratchet and clank i was like oh this is great like there's so much yeah. going on you unpack a whole story and you you reveal kind of the narrative as you go along and so yeah. for me coming out of high school or secondary school for us um it was uh, i i pursued game development so i applied to to do a course on game development and that was what cool. i was going to do in college like you're saying <laughs> then then you kind of shifted focus and you were kind of mm-hmm. um drawn towards comic books because you had a friend who had that kind of interest and relating that into the kind of hero's journey there's there's obviously that call to action or that call of adventure um that we kind of get that kind of sparks our interest and our intrigue and i think comic books in some way like obviously for some people it can be the end result and it's kind of what you want to do for all the rest of your life i don't know for you if that's what you want and maybe you don't know for you because you're 33 there's a lot of years ahead of you you hopefully there's there's plenty of time yeah but i think i think comic books are almost like a, a gateway drug into creative storytelling because of how yeah. how unique the the kind of way you do storytelling is with a comic book, you know, you yep. get that graphic, but you also get to interweave kind of words and a narrative and different things like that. So, yeah, no, that's incredibly interesting. That's really really cool. After you had that kind of spark of inspiration, after you kind of like you know saw your friend doing it, was it an immediate thing? Did you then? decide okay i'm gonna go away and do that or did you have like a period of doubt and you're like okay he's doing it that's cool but i don't know if i can do it you know i wish i i had doubt i really do okay because there are many times in my life where doubt or worry or hesitation probably would have suited me well right but i don't have those things very i just don't i have a very go mentality Okay. And I just always had that. So like he he showed me his and it's and I'm like, wow, this is really good. It's like the art's incredible, the story's really interesting, the the colors are vibrant. And I was like, and you did this. Obviously he he hired a an artist and a letterer and you know, it's a team project, but mm-hmm. I was like, wow, okay. Uh here we go. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and and that's one of those things where I can't turn my brain off. So like I have so many I have so many, I have, um, I don't want to show you because it's embarrassing probably, but I have so many pages and pages and pages of narrative-based game ideas, um, short stories I wouldn't mind writing sometime. uh, And this is just a way for me to like kind of, okay, brain chill for a sec. Let me just write it down. Let me, or type it up in a a Google Doc or something. So I have so many things that I I, uh, kind of went, I had that spark. And I'm like, well, what can I turn into a comic book? You know, so I'm like looking through the 13 pages of ideas and stories. And I was like, that would be a good one. All right, let's try that. And it's kind of just, it was just a go. And then it's yeah. just looking up artists and looking. And it was just, my wife probably hates it about me, but I'm very ser- like zero to 60. I just like, oh, I got, this will be cool. Let's do it. And then I, <laughs> and then I do it. <laughs> so would you say that in all of your kind of professional life or all of your time pursuing a career, you've, you said you have a very go mentality. Have you always been trying to kind of do jobs that will resonate or work in that kind of creative space? Or have you sometimes just had to, you know, work a job to pay the bills, like, you know, something that wasn't quite as good? The the majority has been 
nine to five work a job to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, even currently I would love to say that this first comic has set me up and I am officially a full-time comic book writer. That's not the case. Uh, now would that be an amazing future? Yeah, I would love that. But like right now I have a nine to five, you know, like I said, I have a, a wife and two kids and, and a house and cars and bills and all that fun stuff. And, uh, so like, yeah, right now I work like a data analytic job. It's not creative. Yeah. It's not, it's not, not enjoyable, but it's just not fun or, you know, like that's, I don't really have a lot of expression in the job that I'm in currently and, uh, mm-hmm. or previous jobs I've worked like construction. I've done, I've done, that's another thing The I've worn many hats. I've done almost any job you can think of telemarketing, construction, food service, sales, everything. So, uh, so yeah, I've just, I've always done whatever it takes to make ends meet. Um, sure. and then, and then hopefully it in some way, can fund my passion um and then hopefully that will then actually fund my passion and then i can just do that so that you know that's i think everyone's hopes and dreams so i'm I'm on that journey yeah no that makes a lot of sense so i mean throughout that entire time you've been working a lot of these nine to fives you've been doing these kind of things that you don't have the same spark or the same passion for um but at the same time obviously you've been keeping up with with the stuff that you are interested in. Like you said, you have all these notes anytime that you get a spark or an idea, you know, yeah. you, you write it down or you do something with it so that you, you have it to kind of return back to. And so there's tons of pages or tons of just notes all over the place. Mm-hmm. So there's always, there's always been that kind of initiative and always that, that desire to do something with it and then to turn it into something bigger. Um, so I think yeah. that's really cool with, with your nine to fives, with all those things, obviously, maybe some are easier than others, but do you feel like you've been able to take skills and transfer them over into the space that you're doing now with trying to make some indie comic books? I mean, right now you're working data analytics. I don't know if that ties in. I mean, create, here's the thing with, with any sort of creative endeavor and something where you're storytelling, having a background and having a knowledge about a topic often Mm -hmm, really, really helps. Yeah. I would say that, all right i would say that uh i've definitely i have a i have some adaptability Mm -hmm. with with all these nine to five jobs so i've had to go from construction to to then being on a sales call then to um you know telemarketing which is practically sales but just the annoying version and then uh data analytics you know basically uh podcast uh producer which was really fun so hopping and hop skipping and jumping around like this uh there's an adaptability you have to have and i would say that that's probably benefited me in some way shape or form um uh like data analytics for example potentially um i have to be very i have to be very specific i have to be very uh uh, exact in a lot of my day-to-day goings-on and so even with this uh, current comic book, which we can delve more into later, but just as a just as a touch on it, even for this, uh, it stars Vincent Van Gogh, and I'm I'm fairly familiar with Vincent Van Gogh, and I believe pretty much everyone's fairly familiar with Vincent Van Gogh. Um, I had to become more intimately familiar with Vincent Van Gogh, so I because I wanted it to be real, I didn't want it to be 
let me just pick a name out of a hat. And now this guy's my main character. Now, obviously, you can create your own character, but this was the the catalyst for the story was kind of this. Uh, so I, I, I really um, latched on to Vincent. But like for this, I had to do a lot of research. I uh, mm-hmm. read letters that he wrote to his brother because there's a uh, two pages in the, um, I think, two and a half. I think he starts it on one page. Uh, two and a half pages where he writes a letter back to his brother, Theo. And I started writing it and I'm like, well, I'm just writing it like I would write a letter. I was like, no. OK, pause. I was like, let me go back. And I and, and thankfully, he has a bunch of published letters. So I like read four or five of his letters to Theo. There's a little like quirky things he likes to say. And, and there's a very specific way he speaks specifically in letters uh, and specifically to his brother. So stuff like that, I think it, it has benefited me uh, in that regard to where I'm, I'm trying to be uh, more exact with my con- with my writing, more real, more grounded, um, even if it has to do with AI robots taking over the world and superpowers later on and all that stuff. You know, it still has to have a sense of of grounded. Um, so it's very true to Vincent van Gogh. And that was something that took time and energy and effort and passion. Uh, and that I think, you know, I probably drew it from somewhere in my, my experiences. Yeah. And yeah, like you say, you know, the, the research that goes into it, trying to make it a little bit more realistic, having that realism, it really does improve the quality, even though not everyone who's reading that comic book and certainly not the majority will have read letters from Vincent van Gogh and know right. his tone of voice. Yeah. You know, I think it adds a certain level of richness that, you know, if someone down the line reads something from Vincent van Gogh and, and actually, you know, stumbles into it and then he's like, oh, you know what? Like I read this comic way back in the day and it was really interesting. It, it sounded like this, like that's really funny. Yeah. Like it, it ties those elements together, you know, it's just, yeah, I would hope yeah, so. It's exciting. Yeah. There's a, there's a real fast. There's a, he liked to sign off his letters with weird little sayings. Like one is sincerely with a handshake. Yeah. Vincent Van Gogh. And so I put that in the letter to Theo because it was one of the letters to Theo. He, <clears throat> he ended it like that. And my wife, who's very supportive and she's very loving and, and she's very, she's brilliant herself. And, uh, she's a bit of a grammar Nazi and she kind of like, so I trust her to read through and I'm like, make sure I didn't screw anything up or there's nothing wrong here. Or, sure. You know, did I use the Oxford comma here where I should have or yada, yada. <laughs> and she comes in and, and I remember her pointing to sincerely with a handshake. And she's like, that sounds dumb. She's like, why do you write that? And I was like, I don't know. Why'd Vincent write that? I was like, that's, that's Vincent. And she goes, really? I was like, so I showed her the letter and he, she's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> you know, it's just little things like that that are that are in there. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I read it earlier <laughs> today, so I w- read through all of issue one. Very excited to see what comes in issue two and and beyond. Um, it certainly leaves you on a cliffhanger. But yeah, exactly like you say, reading over that, like it was definitely something that I stumbled over, and I was like, "What?" But I think in that way, even even without the familiarity, gives people a moment to kind of reflect and to think. Mm-hmm. And I think especially with comics. That is such an important thing. So much of the story that happens is not really expressed just in the words or even in the images. Sometimes it's in the gaps between those images. Sometimes it is literally the the pause that you have to kind of take a breather and, and to really take in what's going on. So, you know, yeah. unusual things like kind regards with a, with a handshake, I, I think it really helps that whole cause. Yeah. 
so with with this one so it's called um i've got it open here artificial issue number yeah. one so artificial this is the first full-length <laughs> comic book that you've you've written my first one unproduced my baby awesome very very cool so from when you had that kind of spark and that inspiration from your friend having a comic book halfway finished to now how much time has gone by uh so i think we started working on this um let's see probably september of last year okay wow so that was when i think we began was september Okay, cool. So, so it, is that it was pretty go? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. So, is that obviously you had that kind of inspiration, that kind of call to action for yourself, kind of seeing this thing? Then you got the team together, or did you already have connections with <laughs> with the artist? Or nope, I had nothing. I was starting from square square numero uno. I had I had nothing in no relation to anything. All I knew was my friend. Okay. He had some. Um, relations obviously but that's because he had been it now his comic book it took him about two to three years to make sure, his first yeah one. and that is in no way me like that's not like a comparison thing that you can do it's just and that's one thing that i really appreciate about appreciate about him is that he he kind of took like the first step and there's a lot of things that i was like you know what i think i'm gonna do it too i'm, I'm really interested if you don't mind me stepping on your toes or anything it's like i'm not trying to follow you or anything like that but i like this idea and so he he kind of gave me some some tips and like make sure you don't do this and make sure this doesn't happen and all the little pitfalls that he fell into being his first time he benefited me greatly in mine that's why i give a lot of credit to him that i did it in four or five months like it was quick um but i had nothing so i i went uh i have some uh I have some connections to the art world, if you want mm-hmm. to call it that. But like, I know graphic designers and and uh, website designers and game artists and three D modelers and all that stuff. So I, I have a wide span of, of people I know. Uh, but then I also know where they tend to go and like congregate and like look for work. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just like head hunting. It was just let me find, let me go to Behance. I don't know if you're familiar with Behance. Uh, it's an Adobe, you know, portfolio product, basically. Um, Twitter. Let me go to Instagram. Let me go uh, art station. Obviously I went everywhere and, uh, it took me a while to find the artist. His name's Gabriel Fonseca. Uh, he's Brazilian. It took me a while to find him. But, uh, the thing that piqued my interest was I also like to do this thing where I, I go for the lowest amount of views. You know what I mean? So like if I'm looking for an artist or someone I want to work with, you got you have no following. I mm. that's who I like. I want you. I want someone green and like not to take advantage of them cuz I'm green. I was like I want to do this together. Let's sure. let's learn. Let's let's work through this. So like I found he had I mean a very humble amount of followers. He had only maybe like 6 or 7 different little art pieces on on Behance. But I saw it and I was like, this is a unique art style. I was like, I really like it. I haven't really seen it before uh, or even something comparable. Um, and it's it's unique enough to where I think it would suit the comic book well 
the story we're trying to tell, I think it would suit that well as well, you know, also. And so I just reached out and he thankfully <laughs> responded. Uh, you know, he definitely wasn't the first person I reached out to. Sorry, Gabriel. I reached out to a lot of people, <laughs> but you are the, the one who, you know, said yes. And, uh, it's been a happy marriage ever since. So that, and then that is the only team that that's it. It's me and him. Uh, he did all the art line art, you know, uh, penciling, inking, uh, colors, uh, lettering. He did everything. Wow. That's really, really cool. So he, so you went and you were looking for someone that had like a really small kind of following. Did he have experience in writing comic books before? Uh, he, he has, um, so he wrote, he didn't write a comic book yet. He, okay. uh, he has never made a comic book yet. So this sure. was his, this, this is his first one. Wow. Um, which is another thing that what I was looking for was he, he had uh, perspective, correct. You know what I mean? Like, so his proportions for his characters that, you know, he drew a lot of Spider-Man and, and things like that. Yeah. I was like, okay, your proportions are correct, but it's exaggerated enough to where it's your own style. And I, I like that. I was like, that's good. So you can handle me throwing a boot is sliding towards the panel view while the character is kind of way behind. I was like, you can handle that. Perfect. Uh, you don't really have any experience with paneling that I can tell, but I think we could work through that together, you know, and, and we'll just, we'll work through it then. Um, so anyway, I just saw the, the nugget of talent that he had and he's, I mean, he's got a lot more than a nugget. I'll tell you that much. He's yeah. extremely talented. Um, no, I, and I kind of I talked agree. him into, I talked him into doing everything. He wasn't originally wanting to, apparently I just found that out, but he was too shy to say it uh, early on. <laughs> but, uh, cause I just had a meeting with him a little bit ago. He's like, I'm not going to lie. I, he was like, I don't, I'm, I'm not really into all of it. He's like, I'm more of an anchor. And yeah. he's like, but I just wanted to do it. So I said, yes. And I was like, well, I appreciate you being a yes man. But, uh, even then he killed it. So like I, and, and that's the thing I kept telling him, I kept puffing him up as much as I could. I kept saying, and, and, and I was going on a small tangent about him, but the beautiful thing that happened was I saw him go from, what do you think? Is it okay? You know, like that, like kind of uncertainty, like you, you sure you like it? Is it all right? That was kind of his tone in the beginning to mm -hmm. like middle of the comic. There was more of a, I think this one looks pretty good. Yeah, this one looks good. What do you think? You know, stuff like that. And then towards the end of the comic where he's like, I killed it. He's like, this is good. And I'm like, yeah, you did. You killed it. <laughs> and it was really cool seeing him. His confidence just skyrocket once he saw that he could do it because he hadn't been he hadn't done it before. So um, to the point where at the very end we finished and it was inking was done coloring was done lettering was done and we're like all right we're done and we're just reviewing the pages and making sure the layout's correct and then he's like at the end he did, i don't think he minds me telling the story but at the end he's like he started getting really emotional and he goes i'm sorry he's like i'm he's like I'm, I'm just a little emotional i uh he's like i never thought i was going to make a comic like a full comic and do it and he's like and we did it and it was, it was just really cool. So like that was, I also really like personal connections and, and just being with new people and seeing different perspectives. Like I said, he's from Brazil. There's like little bits of 
lost in translation that happens all the time. And it's really funny most of the time. And then other times it's like, all right, well, let's work through these words. It's like, cause I know you don't understand me and I know I definitely don't understand you right now. Uh, so that was just enjoyable, but, um, but yeah, he, he killed it. So that and he's the sole team. It's me and him. So just quickly trying to apply it all to the, the hero's journey, because obviously we're, we're kind of playing off of, of that and how Mm -hmm. that affects our real lives. I think already we're seeing so many of these different things that tie in to that hero's journey, just in your experience, you know, like in terms of refusal of the call, it's not always something where we turn around and we're just like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it now. But sometimes it is putting it off and it is focusing yeah. on other things first. And for for you, for, for anyone who has a family, who has responsibility, has obligations, there are things that yeah. have to come first. You know, there are things sure. that you need to put ahead and, and prioritize. So sometimes you just don't have that time to do it. Yeah. That meeting the mentor step that kind of comes next. I think your your friend and his example is a beautiful kind of depiction of that because like you said, it took him two, three years. I think a lot of indie creators will take there about that time. I think often they could take anywhere between, you know, maybe three months at the minimum to 10 years on a passion yeah. project. But being able to go to someone else in the community and then draw from their experience and make that so streamlined, just incredible. Like that is so, yeah. so cool. And then again, crossing the threshold, I think in terms of your, your deciding to go ahead with the project, to, to follow that dream, to make this comic book and put the pieces together, then you form that kind of team and that alliance with, is it Gabriel Fonseca? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like you say, the art style is incredible and I am stunned that he didn't ever make a full length comic or even panels or, or things like that before because you know being in the indie, indie comic scene i i know what it is to kind of bootstrap and to to yeah to try and learn the different aspects of it for me when i was kind of like working on some of the first comic books that what i was doing we we went and we got artists because i know i couldn't draw you know yeah. and so we had to find <laughs> somebody else who could do that and make it look good but at the end of the day, we were also like, okay, actually, there's also this aspect of inking that needs to be done. There's flatting that yeah. needs to be done. There's lettering that needs to be done. There are so, so many things that go into that side of creating the visuals in the comic book that we yeah. just didn't even know. And, you know, artists aren't always going to be um, keen to do all of those aspects. So right. incredible for Gabriel to, to step up in all those ways and do all of that. Yeah. For me, I personally learned lettering techniques and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do the lettering in my book. Right. I'll, yeah. I'll put it together. So I spent, you know, countless <laughs> hours on, on YouTube watching videos of other people mm-hmm. do these lettering techniques. And not only for Gabriel to have never done it before, but for everything to have started and come full circle to where it is now today from September. That is astonishing because really in the yeah. book, as I said, you, you sent me over a copy of it and I was able to have a look through and it is so beautiful. Like the lettering is fantastic and it really reflects the emotions that are going on in the page on your on your Kickstarter page. Obviously, you have some previews of the artwork and that's great. And then you have like, you know, whited out some of the, mm-hmm. the dialogue because you don't want to spoil the story. And I totally get that. But at yeah. the same time seeing those those boxes and those graphics and those letters 
maybe it's just me because I've spent a lot of time around lettering and trying to figure it out. Yeah. But I was like, oh my goodness, I wish I could do that. Like that is <laughs> so nice. The purpose yeah. of lettering in, 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 in any comic book really is to make it look hand-drawn even when you're doing it on a computer. Obviously, yeah. he's an artist, so I don't know how much hand drawn he threw in there. But yeah, like yeah, so so good. I'm glad it you is. like it. I mean that that was <clears throat> that was the reason why I pushed it. And this uh, call this dumb luck if you want, or like beginner's intuition or something. But there was something about his. Once again, his art style is so unique. He's very talented. Mm-hmm. To where I told him we got done, and I was like. You want to letter it? And he goes, I've never lettered before. I was like, I know, but you can. I was like, I know you can. I was like, and I think we're going to gain something from you lettering. I said, there's a there. And this goes against like the norms of comic books. And I understand Mm -hmm. that fully. But there was something about the disconnect that can happen from the art to a letterer. Obviously, a very talented letterer can read the room, you know, read the art, can understand the direction you want to go and the emphasis you want to put here and you work with them and everything. But the fact that Gabriel drew it Mm. and colored it. And also one piece I left out or just didn't mention was that, uh, I gave him so much creative Liberty. Mm -hmm. I said, you're, you're talented. I was like, I'm going to write some words on a piece of paper. You make it look good. I was like, if you say, if you, if you look at these three panels I wrote and go, well, this second panel doesn't make, that doesn't need to be here. Or let's go with this angle instead. Do it. I was like, I trust your inter, your instincts on this. And then we can discuss it. There are so many, I don't even know how many, probably the whole comic book. Uh, don't want to admit it, but probably the whole comic book is better because of the creative liberty that he was given. There are so many moments where he was like, I interpreted it this way. So I went with this and I was like, this looks incredible. I was like, this wasn't what I had in my mind at all, but it's better. Mm. I was like, keep it. I'm in no way going to be like, bro, I wrote these words. It needs to follow this script. No, I was like, you, you made it better. And so there was a, the connection that he had from making the art. And then I was like, I also like the idea of the fact that as you're, you are drawing, I was like, if you're going to letter, you can kind of think of, think ahead and put the boxes where you want to put them and make sure that there's enough room for it and let it flow. And, you know, like there's, there's so many things that I think benefited the comic book because he did all of it. Now, it was a huge undertaking, and I understand why he told me earlier today he isn't going to do that for issue two. Spoiler alert. But, uh, well, no, he is going to letter. He's going to ink and letter, and then we're going to find another colorist uh, who okay. who's one of his friends. But it's just such an undertaking. But, uh, but he's, the connection he had was basically all I wanted to say was that that's what made the lettering so much better. Is hmm. And I also said, let's make it indie. I was like, yeah, we can make it polished, you know? We can make the black, the white box with the black outline and the, you know, Times Roman numeral font. We can do it or Comic Sans. Why not? And then, you know, that we could do that. And then I said, no, I was like, let's uh, I was like, draw me a. Just do a loose circle. And so he did a loose circle. And I was like, all right, let's add some flair to the edges. Make it make it rough. 
did that. It's like, all right, let's find a fun font, but readable. Did that. And I was like, hey, this looks indie. You know what I mean? This doesn't look like Marvel made it. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it looks different. And I was like, and that's the whole point. I want it to be different. I want it to be unique, creative, original. Yeah, absolutely. That is that is awesome. I, I really admire that journey. I really think that is so, so cool. And, and as you say, you know, uh, and again, tying it back into that kind of journey. So if we're, mm-hmm. I, I would say all of this goes into that kind of like second phase. And, and you know, in life, nothing is clear cut. It's not, it's not a clear cut three section thing. It's not departure, initiation, return all the time. There's lots of little departures, lots of little initiations and lots of little returns. And yeah. so, you know, we're, we're kind of stopping and starting in between these different sections, but for, mm-hmm. for just the initiation uh section of it you know coming up against those tests those allies those enemies that's the first step of of initiation so typically what that would mean would be you know little minor setbacks it could be finding the the friend group if it's talking about harry potter you know it's like oh yeah i don't know magic and then he finds hermione and he (laughs) finds ron and you know he gets that support you found your team you know you found Mm -hmm. somebody who was going to be able to support you in that and again someone who was early on their journey and so yeah. that just kind of makes it all the better. Um, with with indie comic books, I think it is such an important thing to to collaborate and to be really, really communicative and and to work closely with artists and to give them as much free range as they want. Some artists don't really want a lot of free range. Some of them do want yeah. like you know right. a lot of instruction. They want to be able to have clear ideas come from you. But yeah. there are those artists who have so much to give and so much to contribute with it, which is just fantastic to see and to, yeah. to work alongside. I don't know if you want to go into it, but but one part of the hero's journey that you mentioned, um, kind of the earlier stuff, the the we, I skimmed over a little bit earlier, uh, and if you got, you know, time uh, and want to discuss it, but there was definitely different setbacks or bigger setbacks than I've mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. So if anyone has is, knows me, and I've been on a couple of different areas, but uh, and I think I've said it a couple of times, but um, my dad was an inker for Marvel. Mm. Okay. A long, a long time ago um, before, uh, before I was right before I was born, he was, he was inking for Marvel. Um, little uh, comic book publisher you might have heard of him and he apparently was pretty good and liked his job and what he ended up doing was he put it and this is back in the i don't know if they'd still do this but this was back in the back in the dizzy where they he showed me a like three foot tall like three foot by three foot probably actually now that i think about it because it was it, it was kind of a uh, folded over on itself but concept for a comic book that he wanted to write and so he inked it himself it was you know like the first eight or ten pages and it's like you know i remember seeing it as such a young kid where the book was probably as tall as i was and i remember just like standing there with like it on the carpet having it open just looking at at all the stuff my dad drew and it was incredible and he pitched it to him and they uh they said it needs work um you know, I mean, like, that's what everyone would probably say. He's like, it needs work. 
So why don't you tweak some of this or do some of this or yada, yada, yada. And he ended up quitting because of that. So he let his pride get in the way a bit of working at Marvel Comics. Mm. It blows my mind. But uh, so he quit. And then not too long after that, I was seven years old. He left. So he bailed out of my life pretty early on. I, uh, he was what he got me into comics. Obviously he, uh, I had a mural on my bedroom wall that was Spider-Man and all of the villains, not all of the villains, obviously it's not that big of a wall, Mm -hmm. but it was big enough wall where it was like, you know, you had lizard and Kingpin and, and, uh, green goblin and venom and carnage was my favorite. So I made sure he put carnage on there. And so like he, and that was my, but it was Marvel quality mural like it was a comic book on my wall and it was just incredible um we had stacks of comic books in the house we had a we had a uh, walk-in closet that was just for comic books this is all the boxes yeah the hundreds hundreds of them um so he left and i stopped doing anything i just stopped i used to draw i was actually pretty talented i was a good drawer mm-hmm. um and i stopped and i didn't like other than doodling spaceships on like my high school, you know, you know, history paper or something. Other than that, I didn't draw at all for maybe 20 years. Um, I just let go of it. So I'm terrible now. Unfortunately, I lost it. I lost a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was something that was he. You know, seeing that in him and him you know, for lack of a better term, failing us and not and kind of causing, you know, my mom to be a single parent, me to have to help raise my sisters um, because I was the oldest and she had to work. So we were home a lot, you know, alone a lot. And uh, so that was our childhood was was not easy. So all that said, there was a lot of setbacks that happened that I kind of just gave into, you know, I just kind of like Okay, I guess I'm not drawing anymore. I'm not really interested in comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, video games I'll still play, but uh <laughs> got to do something to pass the time. Sure. Uh, so stuff like that was still involved in my life, but I just I've all I've I've thought about like what I could have done if I didn't just blow it all away, and it's kind of annoying. Um, you know, cuz who knows if I would have kept drawing or kept collecting comic books or gotten into this at 18, fresh out of high school or something. Uh so anyway, that and he's he's just off somewhere else. I haven't spoken to him in years, years, years. Uh, but it's uh, I think I'm going to send him a, uh, a copy. <laughs> I'm going to find his address and send him a copy and sign it for him. Uh, not petty at all. So, you know, I, I mean, <clears throat> uh, an interview I did recently, they asked, who's my biggest inspiration? And I was like, I don't know if you. I was like, this is odd. I've never thought about this until I'm thinking about it right now. I was like, I think my biggest inspiration was my dad, mm. but in the negative, yeah. not in the positive. I was like, he was the inspiration to not do that, to not make dumb decisions, to not be selfish, to not be short-sighted, to not be prideful. You know, mm. there's like all these things that, that you know, I, I wanted a father figure in my life that could have showed me these things or at least the positive aspect of them. But instead, he showed me all the negatives. And that right there 
you know, a lot of people, you know, they'll take it and run with it in different directions. You know, everyone has their own journey. And I took it as like, okay, I need to be a good dad. I need to be a good husband. I'm not going to quit. You know, I'm not a quitter. I'm not going to, when things aren't going the way I want, I don't just run away to North Carolina. (laughs) I was like, that's not what I'm going to do. And so interestingly enough, that kind of put me on a a trajectory that is, makes sense to where I'm at right now. There was a bit of a delay, but that's just because, you know, I was a kid. I didn't really know what to do. I just kind of, you know, subconsciously just let go of everything. But now I'm where I'm at. So it's really interesting. It is. No, it's incredibly interesting. And thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I think it's really important to your story. I think it's really important to, to help others be aware. And I think I think it's aspirational and it's inspirational, you know, to, to be able to see that often the negative things that we go through are kind of those formative things that can also put us on the right track. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not, it's not the exact same because, you know, you, you had potentially a negative influence and I don't know how negative that influence was before you left, but it was a negative situation to have occurred. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, if you're applying these heroes journeys, examples to other things, you know, that, that can be related maybe to Uncle Ben passing away for Spider-Man, you know, where it's like there is this massive ordeal, this massive trauma that we we yeah. face. And through that, you have to decide to do something. For you, you had a negative experience and your 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 father decided to give up and, and turn away from responsibilities. Um, yeah. And that led you to turn to responsibilities. In a similar but different way, Peter Parker is his uncle died, and in many of the iterations, he gets angry and he turns away from yeah. responsibilities before really coming to understand he needs to accept the responsibilities. You know, accept that yeah. there is a big talent for him, there is something that he can do, and something that he should do, and so he he becomes that hero. Yeah. Not to call you Spider-Man or anything. But, uh, you know, well, I'm basically Spider-Man. You're basically Spider-Man. I think that's Spider-Man. what everyone heard. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's basically... <laughs> Let it be on the record. <laughs> I think that's what yep. we're concluding. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's just remarkable. It's it's stories like this and stories like yours that, that really bring to life the whole concept because it, it is true that that art, that idea of... of a hero's journey is not just something that we follow on a page in a comic book in a story or on TV. It is something that we, we see as kind of maybe an optimal kind of life, you know, Mm -hmm. because the hero's journey, it starts out with these challenges. It starts out with an ordinary world. It, It comes through challenges and then eventually it comes to a place of better understanding, better learning, um, knowledge, wisdom, return with elixir, whatever you want to call it. There's hmm. there's a lot of things that that people gain by the end of that hero's journey, and I think that's why everyone wants. You know, yeah. you, you don't want to just succeed. You don't want to just have you know a kind of good nine to five that's paying you out. But you want to feel like you've done something, like you've learned something, like you've grown and you've achieved yeah. something. And and like you said. With you and Gabriel, as you've put this comic book together, as you put Artificial together, and then as those pages were finally done, it was an emotional time. Yeah. You know? And I think anybody 
who has gone on any creative journey can appreciate and understand that and, and resonate with that because it is such an incredible thing to look at and have in your hands or or just to see the completed work yeah at the end of it yeah yeah it's it's really cool uh, i wasn't uh you know this is one of the first things that i've actually been able to finish mm-hmm. um mainly like i like i've said previously just just video games it's just so much that goes involved is involved with it and it's it's difficult to get something finished something that you're proud of and that's clean and and uh and you're ready but this we finished it and it was just i did it yay you know like it was one of those like yes yes uh so it's, it's just really cool awesome so with everything that we've discussed we've talked a lot about the the project the comic we've talked a lot about kind of the initiation phase now as well as the departure which is that kind of beginning Return is a little bit more complex um, in a lot of ways. And it's it's something that, you know, like we mentioned earlier, parts of it will happen along the way. Parts of it will happen later on. All these things are kind of sprinkled around. It's not a linear journey often. Often mm-hmm. we, we pick and choose parts of the steps. The return is largely about what you maybe learn at the end of all of this. Maybe it's about what you've gained from the whole experience. Um, maybe it's about how you're going to improve with issue two or how, how you would kind of gauge success. What else do you think, you know, is maybe your, your return for all this? What, what have you gotten from the experience? What do you think you're going to carry forward with you into issue two or another comic book story or whatever you do after this? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, <clears throat> I definitely haven't returned yet. Yeah. So like there's, th- that's, that's coming, you know, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, um, I've, I've never been one to put my, uh, successes or worth in things that I accomplish or mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's, it's fleeting. You know what I mean? Just being real. It's not something that mainly because, you know, I fail so much at things, you yeah. know, like I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know, we, we did the comic. We made it. It's a thing. And this is awesome. It's like, I kind of wish I would have done that with video games. You know, I kind of wish I would have done that with this one podcast I did. You know what? I had a TV show uh, pilot that I really wanted to do. That would have been really fun. You know, there's all these things that you know, I didn't really fail at per se, but then again, I kind of did. I just, cause I'm not doing it. It's not something I, I completed. I didn't find it out to the end. And, uh, I don't find that those things, that those failures make me a failure. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't necessarily find the minor successes make me a success. I'm, you know, I, I find joy and happiness in my, my family uh primarily uh the passions that i have um definitely i find some joy in those but not success or like finding like a uh, a calling or returning home like okay i finally made it or anything like that uh but i would say that the experiences that i have had with the failures and and the successes um you know the one thing that i've 
really come away with is I really enjoy working with people, uh, different people. So I've worked with people with so many different backgrounds that I would never have thought I've, I would ever have been able to talk to, uh, like, like a Brazilian artist who, you know, we bonded over love for Sam Raimi films like the old G Spider-Man and, and, uh, you know, uh, army of darkness and, and little cult, uh, references that we hit each other back and forth with that some he understands and then some I don't. And it's just, it's just fun. Like I, I enjoy people. Mm. and a part of enjoying people is there's this, you know, I really enjoy making people laugh and excited and entertained. And so I, I really, I, I enjoy making this comic or at least going down this road. If there's the potential to, to do that to people and that I could have a large reach, not even, not necessarily a large reach, but a broad reach. Mm. So it's not, you know, they're not correlated too much. It could be, the fact that I hit someone in, uh, you know, someone I think in Spain back the comic book. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like that's a broad read. It's someone that I've never met, will never meet, is going to read my comic book. That's wild. And it's cool. Yeah. So I think a lot of the things that I've learned is just I, I enjoy being around people. I enjoy different experiences. Um, I, I'm continuing the resolve to not quit. Because, you know, believe you me, that goal of $500 and being like, all right, we'll hit that first day. Sweet. That'll set us up to for a thousand, maybe, maybe in a couple, maybe in a week. And you know what I mean? You get, you, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men are folly. It's nothing. And so, mm -hmm. like, I'm like setting all this up in my head. And obviously, day two comes around and I'm having to, once again, see the transparency. I'm having to tweet out, hey, everyone. I'm so excited. We reached 60%. Like, this is incredible. And I'm sitting here like, kind of. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, it just yeah. wasn't what I was planning. Yeah. Uh, but it does, you know, I don't quit. I'm, I'm, it teaches you to twist your mindset a bit. It's like, okay, my mindset wasn't in the right place. Sure, I had this plan. Sure, I wish it would have happened. But it's not happening. What do we do now? And then, and then you roll with it and you roll with the punches and uh, you know, I don't know if any of that made sense or, <laughs> or anything, but that's kind of where I'm at is just, I'm just continuing. You know what I mean? Just, just keep going. That's, that's what I'm doing now. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to keep going. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that in itself is beautiful. Keeping going on that journey, keeping going on you know the path that you've you've chosen to take i think throughout this process throughout this conversation you know we've we've picked on a lot of things and i think one of the things that stands out is is you know maybe the process of you becoming more of a finisher you know that mm -hmm. the tasks that you set your mind to you you've expressed maybe some regrets in terms of some of the projects that you would have liked to pursue and and see to completion um you've expressed, you know, lessons learned through seeing other people not finish things and see things through. You've expressed yeah. the joy that you experienced and Gabriel experienced when you finished your comic book. And now you are early, and it is still early in your Kickstarter yeah. campaign, you know. And like you've already said, you know, you're, you're 
grateful for the people who have contributed already. You know that there's yeah. an audience. You're seeing that broad reach and seeing people in yeah. Spain or around the world. You've connected with this guy in Brazil who you would have never met otherwise. Yeah. You know, and I think that is such a, such a beautiful thing that comes from this kind of community of indie comic book creators and just creative people who want to tell stories. Because literally anywhere I've ever gone and spoken to people from the indie comic book scene, and that's part of the reason that I wanted to start doing this podcast, they're some of the most supportive people, some of the most enthusiastic people, some of the most passionate people about all of these topics. We can connect over cult references and stuff like that, but also at the end of the day, we're going to lift each other up and we're going to try and market each other's things and say, listen, that is great. That is something that I genuinely support with all my heart and i want other people to go and support too yeah so yeah i am so grateful that you've taken time out to be able to come and speak to me about this i think i saw earlier on twitter were you at comic-con earlier today or at a convention uh not today i was at um i was at the hero traders uh comic-con up in Porn- uh, Gorda, okay which is just it's like 45 minutes north of where i am so that was saturday but that was pretty fun mm-hmm well, uh, yeah, I actually met I met a couple people there. Uh, one guy has an indie, you know, it's a it's a small independent comic book shop. So like, you don't need a distributor to get into it. So I talked to him about it, and he said, "Yeah, bring me up, you know, a couple issues." And once the Kickstarter is done, and he'll post them up and sell them, and so that's kind of cool. So like, you know, that kind of thing's pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. That's that's it played out in real life. You know, the support yeah. and this kind of interaction but yeah i am so grateful that you've taken time out to be able to have this conversation i'm grateful that you've shared about yourself and your journey and and how that's kind of continuing and ongoing and for everyone it is we're all at different stages there's different things that we come into and 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 learn but i think you know i've certainly gotten a lot from from what you've shared and hopefully everyone listening will too anyone who is listening again i would remind and recommend please go check out artificial check out the kickstarter it is genuinely beautiful the story is engaging and exciting and i can't wait to see where it goes the only reason that i haven't been ranting and raving about the story as much as i've ranted and raved about the artwork is because it's not finished yet and i i need to know where this goes you know but you're right <laughs> in issue four right now so we'll just have to wait and see yeah um, but yeah thank you thanks for having me man i really appreciate it this was fun That was the Indie Heroes Journey podcast, episode one. Thank you so much to Chris O'Hara for coming in and speaking with me about their comic. Please go and support them. Their Kickstarter is still live, artificial, issue one. As well as that, if you didn't have enough here, um, we do have more than 10 minutes of additional content where Chris shares insightful uh, advice about Kickstarter specifically and how you can kind of get that set up. We have that over on Patreon if you are interested in supporting and hearing a little bit more. Otherwise, we'll be back next Monday. We will be releasing these every single Monday, and we will be discussing with indie comic book creators uh, about their journey. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon.